Welcome in, welcome in to Mad Talk Sports episode 46, a low-key underrated number. A Alfred Morris is one of my all-time favorite running backs. He wore 46 for, at the time, the, the Washington Redskins. But here for today on Mad Talk, we got a lot to go through in recapping really quick everything in the NFL, specifically what we saw in Week 10. But as today's title, Average Joe's, that's for a reason. A big chunk of today, we're going to go through some teams that don't get a ton of the spotlight, but are actually sneaky impressive and sneaky important in how the league is going to shape out this year. So we got the teams like the Texans and the Browns that we'll be going through there. And then, of course, we will wrap up with the picks for week 11. And that does start tonight with Cincinnati at Baltimore. Quite a gem to kick off the week. That's what we've been waiting for. Uh, you know, we've we've really bared through all the garbage primetime games it's as far as the matchups, at least to where this this week we've got some nice ones, starting with Cincinnati and Baltimore wrapping up with Kansas City and Philly Super Bowl rematch. That'll be a fun one. And then even even Broncos Vikings is sneaky, interesting, sneaky, sneaky, interesting. So we got a lot to go through today, plus some news in the NFL too. Drake will be joining us at some point in the episode here today as he gets to be uh, available. But while we wait for him, <laughs> let's go through week 10 because week 10 was a, it was a good one in the picks. If you follow that, I went eight and six straight up. So a tough week. That's, you know, subpar for the standards that we've set on this show through Joe Stradamus, which has been doing quite well, but eight and six brings us to 92 and 55 overall on the money line. That's, that's pretty good. Yeah. Not going to complain about that. And then against the spread seven and five and two, which makes us now 17 games over 500 against the spread unheard of. Like that's phenomenal. Anyone else you follow in their picks, they are below 500 against the spread. So if you're following along, you've been doing pretty good, but in recapping, the week as we always do we've got to go through the the medalist as well and specifically this week i put a lot of thought into it not that i don't always but i did and starting off with bronze i went with someone who was just murdering in in fantasy this week who was just an absolute game wrecker in on the field and in our hearts for those of us that play fantasy that's tj hawkinson it felt like dude had a thousand yards. Realistically, it was like 130 and a touchdown. But he was, it was annoying how good he was doing because I was going against him in two of my four fantasy leagues, and his 30-something points kind of kind of sunk me in one league. One league we survived, but one league that sunk us. So TJ Hawkinson, absolute beast. And it's not just him. It's obviously Josh Dobbs, who we gave a lot of love to last week, and someone we'll probably talk about again here at some point today in some capacity. But the Vikings have sneaky put together a really strong squad, and it's it's so strange because even with Kirk being out, this is a team that is quite quite frisky as far as what they can do in the NFC. Not saying they're getting to the Super Bowl, no, but they can continue to be a thorn in the side of everyone who they play. So TJ Hawkinson, he gets the medal from that team. That That's first and foremost. Silver. Now, 
I wanted to give this to one person, as you know how I feel when Drake does, you know, this or that. But I do, I am okay with giving it to a group. And in this case, that's the 49ers pass rush. Oh my God. Like that performance against the Jaguars was embarrassing for, for Jacksonville and for T-Law. Like, I, I don't know even know how many sacks that they had, but Chase Young and uh, Nick Bosa, the old Ohio State duo, reunited like excellent. Like it was just a beautiful rush off of both ends to where Trevor would try to step up, but those guys are all so athletic and they've got such a good presence in the middle to where there was no lane to step up into. They absolutely ate the Jaguars. It started up front. That 49ers pass rush, they invest a lot into that unit and it really, really paid off with uh, at least this last week. And that's, of course, what they want to see more of. So hats off to the 49ers. Great move at the trade deadline to get Chase Young at the price that they did. I think that was immensely valuable, even though I'm not mad at Washington for the deal. I think it's fine for them. But we may look back once the Niners are all said and done and Chase Young makes a huge play in a playoff game and we might think differently. But it is important to remember, no matter how great the Niners are or how he is with them, it wasn't like that in Washington. It just wasn't. So no revisionist history here, but hats off. Credit where credit is due. But the gold was hard. You could argue CJ Stroud again as far as being that guy who should get the gold. I believe Drake and I both had him last week, and he had another impressive victory this week. But it's going to have to be his counterpart. It's going to have to be the backup running back for the Houston Texans, just as we all expected the gold medalist of Week 10 in the NFL. Devin Singletary. How about that? How about that? And I think he ended up the day with 150 yards on the ground and had like 30 touches and a touchdown. Huge. That's It's not easy to run against Cincinnati. It's not. It just isn't. That's a very impressive performance, especially because their bell cow, Damian Pierce, has, you know, he's been not doing so great. I know my fantasy team, the one that I got him in, He's been a major disappointment, like not even sure if I should have him start at any more at this point. I, I don't, but like almost unplayable in some ways until at least he gets back on the horse. But Devin, Devin Singletary, absolute monster performance in a major victory for Houston, slingshotting them into the playoffs. How about that? And around media, around the NFL, people are like, oh, we're so shocked that the Texans upset the Bengals. We're not shocked on Mad Talk. Not one bit. Both Drake and I picked the Texans as our upset of the week, and it came to fruition, even though it looked a little dicey at the end. But impressive. And we'll get more into the Texans later on as we again live up to the average Joe's title here. Now, to really continue on with everything that happened in Week 10, I just talked about Devin Singletary. So he's a Houston Texan. But he used to be a Buffalo Bill. What did you think of him when he was on the Bills? Let's be honest. Did you think he was elite? No. Do you think he's elite now? Maybe not. But he came off an elite performance. Did he ever do anything like that in Buffalo? I can't remember that. Was he ever someone who was in consideration for gold medalists on Mad Talk? Absolutely not. Was he someone who 
could put up 150 yards, who could be that type of resource, that type of bell cow against an elite run game like Cincinnati? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. Buffalo could not run against Cincinnati with uh, with De- Devin Singletary last year at all. And what that brings me to is how much of this, the success of Devin Singletary, he's in a new system, which is a Shanahan-esque system in Houston. How much of his success now is more so of an indictment of a damning factor, a damning evidence against Buffalo, specifically their offense, and even more specifically, Ken Dorsey. And that brings us to our next point here, and that's chaos in Buffalo. Chaos. Chaos, much like it was in the offseason leading up to the, the actual games being played with everything going on with Stefan Diggs. But now they lose to the Denver Broncos in embarrassing, embarrassing fashion. But despite how they lost with it being a special teams gaff, a defensive gaff with the pass interference, who wears it? Who is the one who's off with their head? It's Ken Dorsey. Ken Dorsey, the offensive coordinator, was fired in Buffalo midseason. A 5-5 five and five team that is very much alive firing their offensive coordinator. Now, many of you may know, some of you might not. He took over for Brian Dayball, who is now the head coach in New York for the Giants. New Jersey, whatever. But for the Giants, the New York football Giants. And with that, people might say like, oh, well, the Giants stink. How good is Dayball? It's different. Come on. It's apples and oranges versus who's a good offensive coordinator versus who's a good head coach. And I still believe Dayball can be a good head coach. He was in the the running for that last year if he didn't even win it. But he was in the running. I, he may have won it. But I know he was in strong consideration. But for the, for the Bills, they have had such a significant drop-off. It's well-documented. We won't go too far into that as far as how they have looked with Dorsey versus Dayball. But the run game, that's, again, what we were saying with Devin Singletary. They have no run game. No matter who, no matter who was their running back. If it's Devin Singletary, no run game. If it's uh, Damian Harris from New England, no run game. If it's Leonard Fournette from picking him up off the streets, no run game. If it's James Cook, no run game. Nothing. If it's Latavius Murray, they've tried a lot of guys, and it's not the guys, it's the scheme. It's the way you're calling your plays, the way you're running your offense. So Ken Dorsey is obviously not blameless in this, but I go back to the style at which they lost. Not his fault, right? They, you know, they made a comeback. It could have been a very marquee victory for them turning things around if they don't have too many men on the field. But at the end of the day, he was it was off with his head. And the question is, is it fair? for that blame to land on Ken Dorsey? The simple answer is no, because again, it's not his fault. And the problems of this team aren't just from him. Josh Allen being a turnover machine certainly doesn't help. It it definitely does not. People questioning if he's even elite anymore. First of all, those questions are absolutely ridiculous. Absolutely ridiculous. No question. He's still a fantastic quarterback. Fantastic quarterbacks are allowed to have rough stretches. And if he is Brett Favre-esque, then, you know, there's going to be some of those where he is super turnover prone. It's a give and take. It's a give and take world. It's a give and take relationship with Josh Allen. So that is ridiculous. But 
back to Ken Dorsey and this being what falls at his feet. So again, it's not fair. He's not the only one to blame, but it was, it was time to go, buddy. Like that run game again, terrible. The offense itself, not that great. It was all right. Josh Allen, save us. Josh Allen, be our hero. Otherwise we're toast. That's not good enough. That's just not like any coordinator can call for that. Now, who is taking over for him is uh, Joe Brady. And if anyone knows who that is, he was the coordinator, the offensive coordinator for LSU. LSU, that fantastic team that had Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase and Justin Jefferson and that went undefeated and set a bunch of records and was just an absolute dog walker. They walked everyone. They walked every opponent that they had that year. So he's the new coordinator. Now I just gave up the hype as far as his, uh, like the ceiling of what he's done. But at the NFL level, he was the coordinator in Carolina for Matt Rule's Panthers, and he did not do well there. Now he didn't have Josh Allen. So I actually think things will get a little bit better with Joe Brady versus Ken Dorsey. But it's been said, and I'm not the first one to make this observation, but if you remember last year when Buffalo first lost to Miami early on in the season, I think it was like week four in Miami, they had the game, but they essentially gave it away with poor time management. When it was over, over, and they had lost, the they camera shows Dorsey. And he's in the press box throwing a temper tantrum. He's slamming his stuff. He's flipping it all over the place. That's not a good look, man. That's not a good look. And then uh, what I heard specifically from Nick Wright on Fox Sports is, you know, when someone does that sort of thing in their job, like they're kicking tables, they're throwing things, whatever, either A, they're going through some things, or B, the job's too big for you. If you can't control your emotions about that job, that job is too big for you. And I think that was the case here. Ken Dorsey was uh, not ready to be the offensive coordinator in Buffalo. So the firing is justified. It's He's not the only one that's going to go this if they don't turn it around, that is. Obviously, if you turn it around, no one goes. But for him specifically, he he was the one taking the fall. But I do think there are still more to come, whether it's Sean McDermott, as we've talked about on this show, or if it's the general manager, or if it's, I don't, I don't think it would it'd get to the point to where it's any of like their big stars as far as like Josh Allen, at least now Stefan Diggs, the drama's back. It's back specifically. Uh, we're kind of reading into it, but it's Trayvon Diggs when saying like he, you know, tweets, he's got to get up out of there. Think about it. You know, Josh Allen was nothing before he got there. Like, all right, first of all, Trayvon's got, he should be focused on rehab and not having Twitter fingers like Kevin Durant. But uh, this, this drama is, is real. And it was something that I thought was very real going into the year. And now it just continues to escalate. I suppose. I don't really know where it's coming from. I don't know if it's a relationship thing. Maybe Josh Allen and Stefan just don't get along. But I don't know. It's it's hard to read. And I don't know. The question is, I don't know if a divorce is incoming, but can we say it's inevitable? And I think the answer is yes. Uh, obviously, trade deadline's coming on. He's not going anywhere. And uh, he's going to be in Buffalo, at least for the remainder of this year and the playoff runs this the playoff run this season. So nothing happening there. But this offseason, 
I think there's going to be some change in Buffalo. And one of the changes might be that Stefan's ready to go. And it could be something that's beneficial to both sides. If it did get to that point, you know, which it does again, feel increasingly inevitable. If it did get to that point, I think the bills could benefit from being less, less digs dependent. Like obviously you still need to have talented players. And I'm not saying Gabe Davis could step up to be a number one. I'm not saying anyone on their team could replace that production because they can't, they can't, but also to some degree, the, the chiefs move on from Tyreek Hill and they turn around, lead the league in points and win the Super Bowl. That's what great teams do. You're a scheme. You're not just a player. It helps to have great players and a great scheme, but you need to have the scheme too. And if, if that's what it takes for Josh Allen to grow up a little bit as a quarterback and be a little bit better with his decision-making and throw to more guys at the right time. So be it. That might just be the way it is. So I do think that divorce is it's coming at some point. Now for the bills specifically, the question about them in the category of chaos and Buffalo, can they turn it around bills mafia? There's a little hope. There's a little hope. You got a rough stretch coming up. The schedule for the Bills is absolutely brutal. Let's uh, let's pull it up here and see how many wins you can count for them because it's it, again, it's not easy. You just lost your your what at, at going into the year you thought would be your cake game, and that's the Broncos. So next week you're going to be hosting the Jets, so a team that beat you, but you should have a good chance there. But after that, it's a pretty brutal stretch where you go at Eagles, at Chiefs, and then you host the Cowboys. You do go at the Chargers later on. You host the Patriots. That's your cupcake game, I guess. But they beat you. They beat you three weeks ago. And then you end the season in Miami. So it's an absolute gauntlet. Season's not over. It's not. You're 5-5. Five and five. You still have a chance to turn it around. But it starts this week in New York. It starts with Joe Brady. And it starts with Josh Allen. Every single one of those guys, Every everything this week, is super important for Buffalo in their season. Lucky for them, some other teams have slipped as well, but it's just a, such a climb in the AFC. You have no room for error. You got to keep her moving and you got to keep climbing. Now, staying in the AFC East, but to the seller, we go from a team that's kind of slipping down to a team that is rock bottom, and that's the Patriots. This category. Slack Jones, Slacorkle, Mac, Mac Jones, McCorkle Jones. So the Patriots score a mighty six points, mighty six points in Germany. Ouch. And the worst part about it is they bench Mac Jones in the final two minutes. And this benching feels like the 30th time that they've done this to him in the past two years. But this time it was after a pair of terrible terrible throws and it was really all it all really came together it all reached its pinnacle in a bad way or reached its i guess it reached its valley the bottom with the pick he threw when attempting to hit the tight end in the end zone where he underthrew it by a solid six yards of what would have been a game-winning touchdown i don't know what it is but the question here is that I had is how much of the Patriots woes is on Mac Jones, Slack Jones, if you will, versus their offense in general. So I'm going to go about 50, 50. 
I, I do think the offense stinks. The O-line is not good. I've told Drake that I think they're a bunch of street cones most of the time. Their run game, as a result of that, not good. They can't throw the ball, so that doesn't open up things at all. Tight ends, good, pretty decent. No, no game makers, but they're not a weakness. Receivers, they're all hurt or they stink, so not great. And then you've got uh, Mac Jones, who's uh, showing that he's a bottom five starting quarterback in the league, and some people might say that's being a little nice. So it's not all on him. Again, the offense itself isn't that great, but there's been opportunities. I think back to the Raiders game where he was also, I believe, targeting Hunter Henry and absolutely just whiffed and missed an open throw. Like it's it's one thing to be bad. It's another thing to be bad and blow the few opportunities that you have. I think that's the difference between Mac Jones and Zach Wilson is both of them have questionable supporting casts in different areas. The Jets, it's mostly O-line based. In the Patriots, it's O-line and weapons. But at least Zach isn't just massively under-overthrowing guys leading to turnovers. Like, he hasn't been good. Not at all. But he's been better than Mac. And Mac's problem is, again, he's blowing even the few chances that they do have. If he could just be good at those, they would be able to win more games at least, or they would at least be able to be a better offense as a whole. Now, joining us after talking about Slack Jones is Mr. Drake himself. Drake, what up? What's up? Let me make you the same size as me. There we go. Yeah, looks better. No background this week. No, I was since it was lagging me out, what's the point? <laughs> I know. Slack I Jones, huh? Slack Jones. So I don't know how much you heard, but that's how far we had gotten. We had just talked about Buffalo and then we were going into New England, which thank you for saving me and not having to talk about the Patriots much longer. <laughs> yeah. Miss, uh, he's going to be benched. He's going to be third string now. I've seen they're, they're upgrading uh, some guy I never heard of. Malik Cunningham. Um, who's going to compete with uh, Zap, Zappy. Who's um, the other one? Is it Malik Cunningham? No, uh-uh. No? Oh, I just seen it. Um, Sorry, I have no idea. I don't know what, what is, who he is. Um, um, um. Bum, ba-dum, bum, bum. Stay tuned as we find out the Patriots' second string. <laughs> it's not, it's not a uh, Cunningham. I know that. Got it. Well. To catch you up to speed, Drake, on what we've done so far. So I went through all my medalists, and what it was was I had TJ Hawkinson as my bronze. He mostly because out of respect for him beating me straight up in fantasy. And then I had the 49ers pass rush, take my silver, and I wrapped up with gold being Devin Singletary. So I went with some folks I hadn't mentioned before. Okay. Um and you talked about Buffalo? I did. And mostly about just the absolute, you know, like the title says, the chaos in Buffalo. Talked a lot about Ken Dorsey being fired. And basically my main summarization there was, is it fair to blame everything on him? No. But does he deserve to be fired? Yes. Okay. Um, and then kind of a quick summary for um, mine. Bronze, I had the 49ers pass rush. 
Um, and then I had Jameer Gibbs and Amon Ross St. Brown as my gold. Went with a little Lions heavy, but I see. Um, again, it it was a it was a fantasy. It was um heavily weighted by fantasy because uh, they both won me matchups in two separate leagues, and Jameer Gibbs has just been very consistent and impressive, and he did it with David Montgomery back, who also had a nice game. So um, I just thought he deserved it, and then, I mean, Amon Ross St. Brown, dog. Basically beat the beat the um Chargers so. Oh, that was a great game. I know. Shootout. Um, the quarterback is Will Greer. Will Greer? Yeah. yeah. Uh, I believe he went to West Virginia. Uh, I think he started on the Panthers. Uh, I don't think he's had significant game action. Wow. Okay. I got no um, idea who that is, but they are <laughs> upgrading him from. Um, practice squad and Jones will probably be dropped to third string. Nice. So you're saying so, um, that's crazy. <laughs> Everything I've said about Mac Jones since day one. Slack Jones. Slack Corporal Jones. lost the locker room too, so. Yeah. But I mean, I, mean, I, I, I wouldn't. I would, yeah. I mean, I wouldn't listen to a quarterback that, you know, sucks that bad. We know what those are like. <laughs> All right. Yep. Well, you did join at like perfect timing because I was about to get to this next topic. Steelers stay stealing. I like that title. And Drake, your Steelers put down my Packers. And I I said to you, like, I felt like that the Packers outplayed them by just a little bit. But the Steelers were more clutch and more timely and stole another win. And they now moved to six and three, despite the fact that they have been outgained in yards every single week that they have played. Yep. We probably would have been outgained in the bye week too, if you know <laughs> you could. But um it's just, you know, it's just us, man. We find ways to win, I guess. Find clearly. I mean and you know that's what it's about. Like, yeah, you can say you know, we we stole a win or whatever, a steal another one, but we play great in the fourth quarter. Like, I mean, it takes us a while, and all game I'm always stressing, and I'm like, this is terrible, fire everybody. Um, and then it's just like I'm nervous up until the last – till the clock hit zero, like literally. Um, so, yeah, I mean – we stole another one, I guess you could say, but um, I just think it's who we are right now. We just See, we're winning it. ugly, but we're winning. Yeah, and we're winning. We're six and three, and we stink, but we're finding the way to do it. So if we can yeah. improve somewhere, then if you could just not stink, <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, if we can juggernaut. I think yeah. I mean, maybe not a juggernaut, but but a threat definitely could. Could squeak in, squeak in. Dude. So the weird thing about this game, though, that was like a little bit different than kind of like your previous like gutted out type of victories was you guys came out swinging on offense. At least. And then just for two quarters. And then, you know, all of a sudden when you needed to, you got a field goal. That was a little different. Like that was, I mean, Joe Barry stay giving up 5.5 yards per carry. 
he has given up more games of allowing the opponent rushers to average 5.5 yards per carry than anyone else in the league since he took over. Like that's a damning stat to where we let Najee look like an absolute tank and look like he was, you know, agile and stuff and not slow. Like that was, I was, yeah, our, our run game looked great. Killed you guys. Yeah. I mean, I I was very impressed, but then again, I was like, oh, well, very entertaining. Yeah. Yeah. hundred. It was a good game. Um, again, all the way down to the last interception. Um, but I think that that is a little different, you know, cause it's usually, like you said, our offense came out firing and usually defense plays very well in the beginning. And then it's like our offense finally picks it up and we score when we need to score. But like, Defense was was slacking. They were playing well, but they were slacking in our terms, I guess you could say. And then defense picked it up um, at the end end of the game. So, well, like specifically in the in the red zone, too, like that that interception, the first one, like in live time, as the ball left Jordan Love's hands, I was like, that's a dot. And it was a good throw. It was just blanket coverage. (laughs) Oh, yeah, it was it was (laughs) a good throw, you know, yeah, it it would have been. I mean that would have been a highlight play, but right, yeah. Um, we also uh, thing is though, um, Alexander got hurt. He's out for the season for us. Juan. Yep. Yeah, that stinks. Uh, that's hurt. That hurts a lot. Our linebacker room is just very slim now, it's thin, and that's man. that's what I'm worried about. Don't you miss Spillane? <laughs> he's balling yeah. right now. Yeah, I mean, he's having, you know, he's playing well. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'll still, never, I'll still never forget. I was watching that playoff game and I was like, who is this white guy that doesn't <laughs> need to be on the field? And you were just like, that's Spillane. <laughs> that's the guy. <laughs> yeah, that's, yeah. Wow. Well, so again, another game where you guys, you know, gut it out, get a hard-earned victory, and now you're six and three, and you're in a game to you are the Browns. One of you guys are gonna be seven and three, and everyone's gonna be wondering how. But for yeah. the Steelers specifically, where you're at right now and how you guys have played, how you guys have performed, what's what's the ceiling with this team? Like is your ceiling 10 and you know, 10, 11 wins, make the playoffs and then lose, or, or can you be a real threat? I mean, our, our ceiling would be like beating the Dolphins in the first round. Well, <laughs> but you know, I mean, that'll be what December, January. You know, that's that's when we know the Dolphins don't play really well. Um, so, hmm. but like, I I definitely we're gonna squeak into the playoffs. For sure. And then it just it's a matchup thing, you know? Yeah. Um, can our defense play well enough to put our very bland offense in a position to have Kenny Pickett be clutch? Because I mean that's about the only thing he's really good at, honestly. Yeah. It's just he's a very clutch weird. player. It's weird. I, I like that, yeah. But if we can get something rolling on offense, I mean yeah, I've been saying playoff, that for man. a couple of years, though. Like, do you think you can get something rolling, or do you feel like you're seeing progress? 
I mean, I'm seeing progress, but then again, like I said, I, I've seen things from Matt Canada that I actually do like. Um, I think he called a, a, a good game against you guys. I do. I agree. Um, so like I'm seeing things that I do like. I think maybe having him on the sideline is better, a better maybe. spot for him. Maybe because he can't um, see as much, he can't mess it up. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And when he when he got you know he's got our players coming down and be like, no, that's a stupid call. And he's like, you know what, you're right. That's awful. <laughs> but um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I think I'm seeing progress. Like we had our best run game of the year again grain of salt because you guys aren't very good rushing defensively but i mean who else who else have we played that's terrible against the run um i don't know if any like it's hard to say what teams are like particularly bad at playing yeah, the run. yeah i guess just but i mean regardless jalen warren who is now the starter and side note i did say i called it did he went over on every single line he had um but anyways um him being the starter now might help i don't know i don't know we'll see but i think it will i do like Naj, like i said Najee will continue to get the goal line work which good i mean what he can be useful for but um first and second down back should be Warren anyways. Right. Yeah, I, I agree. He's just a more versatile player at this point, and he just gives you at least a little spark. Yeah. But, yeah, I, I think you're right. It definitely depends on matchup. If you play an AFC North team, you're going to be just a total pain in the ass, like no matter <laughs> which one it is. If it's the Ravens, if it's the Bengals, if it's the Browns, and you're playing them in the playoffs, must-see TV. Yeah, I know. That one will be – I would take us. For sure. Yeah, that's that's fair. And it, it's hard to argue against it. I mean, I don't know. I mean, we'll see what happens against the Browns. Um, I'm excited for that game. I know. Without Deshaun Watson. In a weird way. <laughs> yeah. We'll get without there. Without Deshaun Watson, but. We've got some Browns to talk, but. Yeah. Well. Since we always talk about the Steelers, we're gonna we're gonna keep her moving and get to the namesake of today's show. In case you didn't see it yet, Drake, Average Joes. So basically, in this segment, we're gonna talk about the Average Joes, but in an interesting way. And what I mean by that is, I want to spend time on a few of the teams in the league that don't get a ton of attention. Like the media doesn't talk about them a ton, but this year they're sneaky decent and they're sneaky dangerous to some degree, for some of them at least. And I want to kind of go through a few topics specifically with them because it's easy to talk about the Bills and the Jets and the Chiefs and whoever. And so I feel like a lot of these teams go under the radar sometimes, and they there's actually some interesting things for them. So starting with the Raiders, they are now 5-5. Five and five. They swept New York back to back, making them to 500 now. And the question with the Raiders is, you know, obviously they were a dumpster fire two weeks ago and then they fired everyone. And then since then they've looked pretty solid, pretty formidable. And the first question is, can they keep it rolling? Can they 
do a little bit of what they did with Bisaccia in 2021, where they went on a little, little mini run. They made the playoffs. They gave the Bengals a scare in the first round. Can they do that again this year or something similar? I think so. I mean, they have a good roster, you know, offensively at, at the very least. Mm. And I mean, we're seeing Josh Jacobs play well again, who, you know, last year was the leading rusher this year. He started off terribly, but now he's, he's playing well. So, I mean, do I think it's some, you know, new powerhouse team? No, but I, I think they can make a little yell a little bit. Um, but I think that the coaching change was a hundred percent needed yeah. for sure. And even the quarterback change. So, Okay. Well, as far as keep it rolling, like I think they can keep being a, you know, a feisty team, a thorn in your side type of team. I don't see them making the playoffs with the stacked AFC, but you know, they can be a team that it's at least relevant or at least not eliminated, you know, until the way, way end. And I think you, you know, you got to the next stuff right there with the coaching change was needed and the quarterback was needed specifically going through each of those is Alec Pierce the you know the the interim coach? Is he the QB of the immediate future for them? Do you see them making him the long term guy next year? I mean, I don't know. From the last two games, obviously we've seen a turnaround. Um, it seems like he's got control of the locker room. Um, I mean, he says the right things. He knows. I don't. I. From these two games, I would say, yeah, but I mean, we got to see how it plays out. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I would, if, I would if say, it's just yeah. these two games, then I would say, yeah, but like, right. you know, you never know what could spiral or what or whatever. But yeah, like, right. like right. I said, I think he has a good hold on the locker room. Um, and I mean, looks like he know he seems like he knows what he's doing. Yeah. So. And, I, I obviously there's something to say about the fact that you, you know, you swept Tommy DeVito and Zach Wilson, like, you know, yeah. whoop de doo but just the energy, the energy around that team, that franchise and how that's flipped makes me think that even if they end up going seven and 10 or something like that this year, like enough guys will have bought in and been like, yes, absolutely. To where you got to just let him be the guy, at least for a year, give him a shot. Because if this is his practice, you know, if this is his debut, his tryout, then so far he's knocking it out of the park. I don't know how much he can continue that. But again, they were they were a bottomed out franchise where they had no hope. And now all of a sudden, even if it's false hope, at least they have something. <laughs> at least they have something to look at. Yeah, and I mean, you 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 said like it's it it's New York, right? You know, no, but nothing exciting is going on in New York, but. I very, very strongly think that if that change had been made this week, I think they would have lost those two games, to be honest with you. Both? Yeah. Tommy DeVito? Dude, the Raiders look terrible. Yeah. Devontae basically wanted out. I still think they could have beaten Tommy DeVito and the Giants. Maybe. No, no. I don't know. Saquon might have had like 150 on him. Maybe, I guess, but... And, I mean, the Giants' defense isn't, 
like something to roll over for. I mean, they gave up 40 points to Aiden O'Connell. Hey, Tibba, 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 what's his name? How you pronounce Who? it? Who? They're outside linebacker. Um, Thibodeau. Tib- Thibodeau. Thibodeau. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's pretty good. <laughs> I don't know how to pronounce it. Thibodeau. Thibodeau. Tebow. Something. No, yeah. I don't even know. It might be Tebow. I don't know, but no. Yeah, I mean they got guys. Yeah. They got guys. Yeah, and I mean, they're a good defense, so it's yeah. You're right. They're not a rollover. They're they're not great, but they're I mean, they stink. But regardless, we the Raiders were on a very very like maybe let's go try and get Caleb Williams. Yeah, now that's out the window. Speaking of yeah. quarterbacks, though, they got Aiden O'Connell. What do you think? What do you think? You know, it's a small sample size, but we've gotten to see like two and a half games out of him. What do you think? I mean, I think he's gaining confidence. I think he's getting comfortable. I think he's gaining confidence, you know, from the team. You know, I, I mean, I don't know. It's just like you said, it's a small sample size. It's New York. Um, what three games? Um, uh, so or, he started the last two games, but he two, did play a game earlier in the year too. Yeah. So I mean, what I think, I don't know, Chargers or something. But yep. I don't know. Do I think he's awful? No. But we'll see. I'm not gonna, you know, be on the hype train. But no. I, th- I think he's. Gaining confidence, which is what you need. And I think he's getting a hold of the locker room, which is something Jimmy G didn't have. Yeah. So I think it's good for now. For now. Yeah, I I agree. Like, there's some positives for sure. Like, at least you know he's going to be healthy. You know, like, you know he's not going to get knocked out in the second quarter like Jimmy G. And I do think there's something to him gaining confidence and actually targeting Devontae and things like that. They're definitely going in his favor. I mean, I still think he's probably a stinko at the end of the day. Like, he's probably not going to be the long-term guy. But, you know, at least for this year, I think he's shown that he can ride out the season. So, who knows, though? You, you, who knows? So far, he hasn't done anything yeah. fantastic. Like, he's got two touchdowns, three picks to this point. So like, you know, on paper, he hasn't been great, but I do think the energy, I think there's something to that. Yeah. And I mean, who knows, you know, we could say he's, as you would say, a stinko. And then next year he comes out and he's, you know, a Bracco. <laughs> yeah. Who looks fine. Now that Depot's back. Now that the monsters are assembled again. Yeah. Yeah, uh, we don't need to talk about that too much right now. No, it's Average Joe's day, and the next team I thought about taking them out after the recent news. I really did because of the way questions are worded here. But this is the Browns. They are now six and three after the massive, massive comeback win over the Ravens, which was shocking to say the least. Side note: Before I finish it, Kyle, who our listeners are quite fond of or know quite well to this point. So he's got like this track record of cursing teams. And 
in our fantasy league, what he he said when the Ravens were stopping when they're like 17-0 or whatever, he puts in the chat, are the Ravens the best team in the league? You know, a team that he's been dogging forever. But as soon as he says, are they the best team in the league? They fall apart. Uh, but Dude, I texted you too and I said the Ravens are elite. You did say that too. Like, you guys just cursing people out here. And I said that when they were up 17-0. Wow. So you and Kyle should uh, make like a cold takes podcast. I guess Kyle hit me up, <laughs> but back to the Browns side of it. So huge win, huge win, hard earned. And let's not forget that they did beat the, beat the Niners without Deshaun Watson as well, which is even more relevant now that he's gone. And the question originally was, are they scarier than we give them credit for? And I, again, I thought about taking it out, but then I thought about it even more. Yes, they're scarier than we give them credit for. They can they can beat most teams on a, any given Sunday just because of how great that defense is. And the offense, it ain't great, but it moves the ball and it puts up some points to where at least they're not a total liability like the Jets. So I think they are scarier than, than we give them credit for. I think they could be a nightmare matchup for a lot of playoff teams. I mean, I think I give them more credit than I should. For them being in my division, to be honest. You love um, everyone in the AFC North, dude. I know. They're all, you know, it's just great Best matchups every time. And I do, I, I do that. I love that division more than anything. Um, but, yeah. Their defense is just phenomenal. And, That's like, amazing. yeah, I don't know. Um, a side note about Deshaun Watson. He's made $92 million cash and he's played broke 14 touchdowns he's played 12 games 92 million dollars yeah and it's like and then even besides that it's just like an all-time like you know mean move by the football gods to to do that to the browns fans like of all the fans that don't deserve that sort of thing you know with the nick chubb injury and just the you know 20 years of sucking and (laughs) all that but yeah that's I mean, it's already the worst investment in the history of sports. I think you could say. And I mean, three first round picks and two hundred million dollars fully guaranteed. And you know, you for Browns fans too. It's like you know, you get Deshaun Watson, right? Who before the suspension and everything was a monster. Yeah. Then he comes to the Browns and he's like twenty second best quarterback in the league. Yeah, mid, like if that or Browns, but that defense, man, amazing. It does suck because they're the rest of their team outside of quarterback is pretty damn good. Their O line, great, top five probably. Corners, corners corners are that's the best cornerback duo in the league. Hmm, that's a conversation. Hmm, with Diggs being out in Dallas, I could see that. Sure. What? Sure. Why not? They have right now. I believe it's both Browns corners and Joey Porter Jr. are top three for um, QBR against them. Side note: Joey Porter Jr. Now that I got to watch him for like a full game, he's fucking handsy, dude. <laughs> he is handsy. Reminds me but of he's Sherman. A, he's a dog. Yes, he's a beast. He's, he's a, a great beast. in all game. But yeah, he. He plays. 
Yeah. He's physical. Yeah. And I think physical. a lot of the great corners do that though. You know, like they're more physical than you're allowed to be, but they press the envelope. They push that, you know, they push the narrative so that, you know, if you do it all the time, you're not going to get called for it as much. I think, I, no. I think that's kind of the way it goes, but back to the Browns elite yeah. cornerback duo, elite defense, obviously good, good weapons too. Even without Chubb, like Ford yeah. and Hunt, solid running back duo. And Joku's a beast. Amari Cooper, Cooper. And he's underrated too. And then yeah. Elijah Moore's decent. Like they're a good team. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you got Miles Garrett too, who top MVP. three defensive player in the league. MVP. So MVP. That that narrative needs to pick up speed because he is absolutely the MVP of the league. Especially if they make the playoffs without a quarterback. Come on. Come on. You know how I feel about it, so quarterback ward i know i know yeah, but i hate it but i agree 100 well i don't know if i agree 100 because tyreek is also oh, very close. that's yeah. fair that's so, fair yeah but one of them two outside of quarterbacks and then followed by mccaffrey those three non-quarterback mvps yep for sure i agree with that and i think those should be the top three mvp candidates period Period. Period. Step it up, yeah. quarterbacks. I mean, we talked last week. I think Stroud's the only quarterback that I would even put in that conversation. 100% agreed. 100%. So, no one else should be up there. No. But mainstream media loves quarterbacks. And that's why we're talking about average Joes here, baby. Average Joes. And now this next team is like the definition of average Joes. <laughs> like, come on. It, and that's the Indianapolis Colts. They are five and five. So average, you know, with having a 500 record average being in the middle of the country average being, you know, kind of some plain uniforms to some degree, like they're just average Joe's and that's okay. But they are, they stay surviving. You know, they've taken some punches this year. They got AR who was, you know, concussed, concussed out for season. And you got Jonathan Taylor, who you didn't think you, you know, we, not you, but you know, in general, you didn't think he would be on this team by this point. And now he's getting back, but he's, you know, still getting in the swing of things. And, you know, you've had injuries at receiver overall, like the team has had to do a lot just to scrape their way to 500 as a franchise. How should they feel moving forward? So this season, but also beyond. I mean, they've been, bugged this year i think a healthy team they might be like you know six and three seven and two to be honest anthony richardson was playing well you got that most average of average joe's mr consistent michael pittman jr who's playing consistently um oh yeah and then yeah getting jt back who and jay jonathan taylor's back to form basically so Getting the I whole mean, workload. It just it it sucks they got bugged, but I think you should feel fine. Honestly, keep yeah. the core together. I agree. And play wait till next year. I agree. I think you should feel great about the direction of the franchise for everything that you said, but specifically Shane Steichen was an out of the park hire. Like I oh, think yeah. he's been great. And I, I expect that to really continue as you get AR back, as he grows, because 
everyone always said he was the least pro ready and he looked pretty darn good. So oh, like yeah. imagine him with another, you know, year under his belt of learning NFL systems and everything like that. So future wise, they should feel great. And then even this season, they should be excited to watch this team. This team is energetic. This team wants to win. They play hard and they've got a soft schedule. They can be relevant until week 17, week 18. I don't think they'll get in, but they'll be right in the hunt. They'll be sniffing it as rich Eisen says sniffing. And, their defense is good. Yeah, it's back to what it so, used to be a few years ago. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, Jack Leonard's back to form. I definitely think. I agree. They should feel excited. Uh, I think you definitely keep everything together, and yeah, I mean, like Anthony Richardson, like you said, he he was he was playing well. Yeah. So I mean, 100%. him and Stroud would be. A good topic of discussion. The two quarterbacks who everyone was ready to, you know, write down, I guess you could say. Not write off, but write down. And I think they both were playing well. I think They're Anthony Richardson was playing well, and Stroud's playing phenomenal. So, mm-hmm. And we've made it clear how we feel about Stroud. And that's the next team we're talking about is the Texans, who are now five and four. They just beat the Bengals. And I gave us two big pats on the back, Drake, both of us, for picking that game correctly because the rest of the media is like, shocking win by the Texans. Absolutely. Not. not if you watch Mad Talk. But exactly. Stroud gets a lot of love and deservedly so. And we, we, we've made it very clear how we feel about what he's been doing and what we think of him moving forward. But I want to talk about the team as a whole for the Texans. And specifically, who else deserves a shout-out for what this team has done, for this great start and their overall promising outlook? Because they were the seller of the NFL, man, the past, like, three years. And now, all of a sudden, they're in the playoffs right now, and they look like they're just going to keep going to the moon. Who, Drake, are you going to give some more credit for that people are not necessarily giving it to? I mean, obviously, we, we've given credit to coaching. We've given credit to Stroud. Um, and, you know, last week we said, like, man, the rest of the team is just not playing great. I think their defense is playing well. It's getting there. It's getting, it's getting where I kind of thought they would have started, but that's fine. They're, they're getting there. Um, and you know their receivers are really good. Like I, Tank Dell is a is a beast. He's, He's a tank. Beast. I don't his. Like, watching just him, like Shroud's obviously getting him the ball, but Tank Dell's separation is like next level. Crazy, yeah. it's crazy. So, I think that that's a steal. Um, Nico Collins is is very well, very good. Um. Very well. So I just I think that everybody isn't getting enough credit. Like we look at them and it's like, yeah, they all stink, but not really. I mean, yeah. offensive line gives a lot of protection to Stroud. Yeah, Stroud has more time than you know Bryce Young has. I guess you could say, and then Devin Singletary had a great game. And their run game hasn't gotten going all year, you know. Oh no. Pierce has pretty much been a bust. Yep. Talked um, about that earlier. Yep. So yeah, I mean, 
That's who I would get credit to. I just I think that it's being highlighted by Stroud, and it kind of looks like everyone else is playing, but but I think they're playing good football right now. Yeah. And besides Stroud and the coaching staff, which we both have given a lot of credit to, yeah, I mean the main one would just be like Tank Dell and Nico Collins, both of them. Yeah, yeah, I think that's totally fair. And like you said, we've given a lot of credit to the coaching staff, but mostly to D'Amico Ryans. And who I want to give a shout-out to is their OC, and his name is Bobby Slowick. And to be entirely honest, I didn't know who – I never known that name until like two weeks ago. And <laughs> now that I've dug more into him, he comes from the Shanahan system. He was with Kyle Shanahan in San Francisco as recently as last year. You know, he came with D'Amico Ryans, like, you know, sneaky, sneaky. And that, I believe he was their run game coordinator or something like, maybe it was a pass game court, something like that with the Niners. And he's implemented a Shanahan-esque system, but kind of similar to how like Mike McDaniel put his own spin on it in, uh, in Miami, kind of similar in Houston to where it's like, you see the foundation of a Shanahan offense, but you see a little different. Like this is a lot more run and gun than you're typically seeing in a Shanahan offense, which is him taking advantage of the players that they have. CJ Stroud, obviously tank Dell, like you said, Nico Collins, even Robert Woods, when he's been healthy and Dalton Schultz, like I like what they've done from a schematic standpoint on offense as well. And you know, they're, they're starting to click now, like really click and future is just really bright for that organization Will Anderson on defense was a hit. So there's a lot of people you could say are like deserving of a shout out, but specifically I had to go with the OC because it's a name not mentioned very often. And look at this. They've got the Cardinals. Yep. Jags, Broncos, Jets, Titans, Browns, Titans, Colts. It's like five wins. Guaranteed five wins. Yeah. Browns. To be fair, I mean, they lost we'll to the see. Falcons, so I mean, I mean, we'll see where they're. Anyone. Yeah, they could, but I mean, they lost to the Panthers too, but. Yep. But you know? no, they but they also beat the Bengals and beat the Jets. Yeah, yeah. so, like they've beaten and good teams too. Spank the Steelers, and that's true. At the time, it was like God, Steelers stink. But now it's like, now it's like, oof, that's a quality win right there. So. You know, you never know, but I mean. This is a playoff team. Yep, I agree. They're in it right now. I mean, it's theirs to their spot to lose, basically. Yeah. So shout yeah. out. They're 100%. the concern. They're there's a you know, I, I, I mean, impressive. I think they I think they could win the division. I don't think that the Jags are that good. <sighs> I think the Jags are fraudulent. They might be. Uh, it's it's hard to say. I'm not big on Trevor Lawrence, man. You know, I haven't been from the start. and He's got to play better at the end yeah. of the day. You know, he's uh, been very mid this they year. Should have, they should have been here on your average shows because, yeah, their record is 6-3, and three, but. They get plenty of talk, though. Average Joes wasn't yeah. just that these teams are average. It was mostly the fact that they don't get enough, you know, talk. Yeah. Well, that's fine, then. <laughs> Fuck the Jags. Come on. No, I'm still I'm not out on the Jags. They just need to turn around and get the ball to Calvin Ridley, damn it. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I'm I wouldn't say I'm out on them. I just think that I mean they're very, 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 very beatable. 
Well, for sure. But also let's remember last year it took them till about this point to figure it out too. So like last year they were three and six to start the season. Now they're six and three. So, you know, if if that's going to be a similar track to where they turn it around like mid to late season, then sure. They'll be fine. But I don't know. I'm not out on them. I, I don't know what it is, but they stink in Jacksonville. That's for sure. Like it almost might be better for them if the Texans take the division so that they don't have to play at home, but <laughs> a topic for another day. The last of our average Joes are the lowest, the worst record of the bunch. And that's Denver Broncos at four and five. They have now won three straight Packers, Chiefs, Bills. And with that, you know, this is a team that not that long ago gave up 70 points and almost <laughs> lost to the Bears in the the toilet bowl, as I called it at the time. But now that tune has really changed. They didn't sell at the trade deadline. Russ is playing well. Drake, how should the Broncos feel about the state of the franchise? I mean, Sean Payton was brought in to fix Russell Wilson pretty much, right? Right. And I mean, he's doing well at it. Doing okay. They still stink. They're all right. They're mid. They still stink. They're mid, dude. I mean, they, they beat the Chiefs. Yeah, that was an impressive win. And I don't they, care about all that beat the Bills. The I don't care about beat the Bills stuff. Mike's they stink. Because the Bills stink. Campbell's. Yeah. The Bills start. I don't I've been out on the Bills, but we've we've said that. Um it's true. No, I mean, I think it's very, it. huh? You didn't fall for it this year when they beat the Dolphins, and we were no. the topic was like, should they be the favorites? And then yeah. everyone else was like, yeah, and you're like, no. But no, I think the Broncos. I mean, I think they got. I don't know. They gave up a lot for Russ, but if Sean Payton's doing what he's supposed to do and fixing Russ, then I mean, we'll see. I don't know how I feel about him. So it's like, I, know. I think they're terrible, but then it's like, eh, maybe they could be an average Joe. They are an average Joe, you know, like the offense still ain't great, but Russ is solid. You know, his numbers are pretty good. He's not playing elite. He's the, better than he was last year. Oh, well, I mean, yeah, which I is mean, huge. Yes, it is huge. And now their defense is getting to where it was last year. That's the key is that the defense has turned it around to where, you know, maybe not elite level, but they've been quite annoying to where, you know, they gave the Chiefs trouble back-to-back weeks or two out of three weeks. And the Bills, for, you know, whatever we want to say about them, like even just the fact of not letting the Bills, like, do their run-and-gun stuff where they're throwing it deep all the time, like taking them out of their game is an accomplishment too because the Bills do beat up on bad teams normally, just not, yeah. not lately. But it's... Yeah, the Broncos should feel all right because of the way that the offense has been fixed. And then I, again, how the defense has been playing too. Um, You see all the Trayvon Diggs talking about free Stefan. Yep, I went through that. At the beginning. that he said uh, Josh Allen hasn't wasn't good until Stefan got there anyway. Yep. Which, I mean... Partially, for sure. But I mean, Trayvon also tried recruiting uh, Stefan to the Cowboys this offseason. Yeah, what I said at the beginning is he should be focused on rehab. (laughs) 
I mean, yeah, but you know, that's his brother. So, you know, just like you, you're gonna, yeah, you know, for sure. It's yeah. your brother. So. Yeah. I, I think, uh, Stefan, D- Stefan Diggs days in Buffalo are numbered. Obviously he's going to ride out this season. There's no other way, but uh, I don't think he'll be a bill next year. No. Cowboy. Maybe I think they could use another playmaker. So maybe just imagine that. Jesus. <laughs> Let me not. Cause whew. maybe we'll see, but that is a wrap for the debut of average Joe's, which I actually like, I think it's interesting. And I think it's something we could repeat and maybe it's not team focused. Maybe it's like individual position focused or individual player or whatever, or even we do it for the NBA, whatever it might be. I was going to say, you know, NBA all-star break average Joe's. Yeah. I like it. You know, it kind of forces us to look at different teams and we get to show a spotlight to those that don't get quite enough of it. So good stuff. I like that. Talk about the people who stink. They don't stink. They're average. Come on. Average. Average. All right. Now, to round out today, we've got to go through our week 11 picks as always. I have not looked at the game going on right now. I have not looked at it at all. So my, I'm going to stick with my score of what I would have had. And Cincinnati at Baltimore, tough game to pick. Baltimore, three and a half game, uh, three and a half point favorites. This is an absolute must win for Cincinnati. I'm going to take the Ravens, 26-24. I'm going to take the Ravens, too. Um, Oh, by the way, I think I'm undefeated against the spread. (laughs) (laughs) 2-0. But right now, since you gave your score and your your pick and everything, uh, Ravens are up 7-3 in the first quarter. Let's go. Gus Edwards? <laughs> that would be great. Let's see who scored. Um, what? Gus Edwards. Let's go. Five Let's yards. go. Five All yards right. and a touchdown. I love it. That's what he does. All right. Next up, another AFC North battle back to back here again. One of these teams is going to be seven and three at the end of this week, and we are all going to be sitting there like. What? Uh, but Pittsburgh at Cleveland this time. Cleveland was originally like a four and a half point favorite, but post the Deshaun news, they went to one and a half point. You should just go. I mean, well, obviously, we know where you're going. Yeah. And last time I picked the Steelers, this time I'm picking the Browns. I think you guys are splitting on the year. I got Cleveland 20 to 17. I don't feel great about the pick, but. I just felt I always felt like going into this year, you guys were going to split, so I'm kind of sticking with that. I mean, we usually do, so it's not a bad pick. But I got the Steelers. I mean, 17 Steeler picks, and we'll see. We'll see what's going to happen. Yeah, we'll see. Next up, we've got a one of the stinkers of the week, and that's Vegas at Miami. Miami, 12 and a half point favorites. Miami. Think they can cover the spread? Probably. Wow. Dude, Vegas. Dude. Tyreek's going to have two touchdowns. Yeah. I I don't know why, but I think the Raiders are going to fight at least a little bit and only lose by 10. I got a (laughs) Dolphins 27-17. I don't know. Just I got this feeling that 
the Dolphins are going to kind of like sputter for a quarter or two on offense and then just eventually explode and take the game away. I don't know. Not a whole lot of analysis to it besides the fact that the Raiders are playing hard and playing hungry and hungry teams can usually give the Dolphins some trouble, but it's still Dolphins winning it, but kind of thread the needle. I've never been, I've never been good at the spread because I never even like pay attention to it because it's always, you know, Dude, I'm doing great against the spread this year. Like I've told you, but like everyone that I watch, they're at best like a game above 500 and I'm 17 games above 500. So don't watch NBC sports. Come right here. (laughs) I've told you, you know, you work in Illinois, like just put the bets in on FanDuel. Yeah, I just, that's going to be the future plan is going into the season. I just have like a $1,600 pot to bet $100 on every game that week. And then of my money winnings, I take the extra and pocket it, and the rest goes back into next week and so on and so forth. So you better hope you don't lose all 1600 right? <laughs> week one. Oh, it's 16. That's what I'm kind of afraid of is as soon as I start actually putting like real money on it is when all of a sudden I'm going to stink. But <laughs> oh, no. at least for we're now, good. we're good. All right, next up. Uh, NFC North battle, Chicago at Detroit. Justin Fields is expected to play, but Detroit seven and a half point favorites. Justin Fields is expected to play. Yep. So Detroit secondary gets some help this week. Nice. <laughs> wow. I got Detroit. I got Detroit. 30 to 20. I do think Detroit's defense has become a little suspect lately. So I'm I'm something to keep an eye on. No, they have. Next up, we've got a AFC South battle, and that's Tennessee at Jacksonville. So in Duval, Jacksonville, seven-point favorite. You know, I just did all this talk about Jacksonville, but I think they win. Yeah, I mean, they're playing the Titans. Uh, All that Will Levis talk of him being, you know, the answer, I don't think so. You just beat me to it. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, you know, it was cool that he came out and had an awesome debut, but I made the comparison right away of, like, you know, Mariota did that too. But. I just, I thought, I just, I didn't think it was going to be Will Levis. I thought D Hop was going to carry the mm. whole thing. Um, so I just thought, you know, he was going to feed D Hop and D Hop would make him look good. Yeah. Um, which is what he did, you know, that f- the first game, but it hasn't translated to anything else. So, yep. I love how in like all 20 of my fantasy leagues, everyone like, rush to pick him up and then started him and I'm like, ha, losers. So dumb. Yeah. So dumb. Well, I got the Jags too. Uh 28-20. I do think this game will be sneaky close for a while because the Jags are, you know, you know, very beatable still, especially in Duval. Next up, I might go to this game. I might. I didn't end up going to Pittsburgh Green Bay last week, but uh Chargers at the Packers this week. Chargers are three point favorites. go um i do have the chargers i think that it's going to be a a high scoring game though i think your offense is going to click but i think that the chargers offense is going to have a better game against your defense because i mean the chargers defense is stinko not good um so i'm going to start dobbs this week in fantasy me too so start him over pickens not yeah, bad at it. But, so 
You know where I'm going. Just kidding. I picked the Chargers. Packers defense sucks. We're about to give up 30-something. But I do th- I do agree with you that this is going to be a nice high-scoring game. I got Chargers 31-24, so not like unreasonably high-scoring, but like a good offensive game. And, you know, part of me is hoping that I'm doing a little bit of reverse psychology and giving, you know, having the luck go go the Packers way by picking against them. But uh, I can't – I just don't know how much – the Packers are what's sinking me in my yeah. records. Like – Imagine if I was picking objectively about their games, <laughs> but uh, for the first time this year, I'm picking against them. I would say 37, 28. Mm. I wouldn't be mad at that. Then Joe Barry can get fired. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. Well, but Hey, you know, me picking the Steelers every week, I'm about to have seven and three. It's better than true. what? Three and six. Yep. Yep, yep, yep. Well, this next game became kind of sneaky good with Kyler Murray coming back, and that's Cardinals at Texans. Texans are four-and-a-half-point favorites. And I've got the Texans. I do, too. And the score I had before I looked at the spread was Texans 27-23, which means I would have the Cardinals covering by half a point, and that makes me so nervous, but – I'm going to ride it out. I've been doing pretty well with threading the needle there, so I'm going to keep it going. Texans, but I think a pretty good game. I think, you know, I actually think that Kyler might have a good game. So, Yeah, could be a game that comes down to a field goal again or something like that. Texans yeah. have had a lot of really close games. Oh, yeah. So that won. might happen. Yep, they have. They've Man, been but they've lost. Yeah. They lost to the Falcons and the they've Panthers. Won both. <laughs> That's true. Very true. Yeah. All right, next up, Dallas at Carolina. Dallas is 10.5-point favorites. Dallas should be like 30.5-point favorites. You always say this, and now they're going to lose. I know I do. And then guess what happens? They always win by like 30. Wow. Uh, Cowboys by 21, 38-17. Not bad. You know, yeah, not, not terrible for the Panthers, like, there is something to the Cowboys being not as good on the road. I do think that's real. Um, still, they're 20 points better than the Panthers, so they should demolish them. Their NFC East counterparts, Tommy DeVito and the Giants, are going at Washington to take on the Commanders, who are nine-and-a-half-point favorites. I have the Commanders. Dude, Sam Howell, okay, he's having a good, a good year. It's nothing to be like, oh, next year he's going to be, you know, this and that. But he's having a good year. Yes and no. Like, I think production has definitely been good. He's been a little feast or famine. Like, he's either great or he sucks. Like, there's no in between for him. Which is better than what they've had in previous years. So, you know, that's it's fine. Commanders, 30-7. to Giants can't score. (laughs) 37, Jesus. (laughs) I know. They do have... Tommy DeVito. Yeah, plus there's going to be a little revenge factor from the last time these guys played, and it was that super gross low-scoring game. Uh, but this next game is, I think, sneaky good. I I don't really agree with the spread here at all, but Tampa Bay at San Fran. San Fran is 11.5-point favorite. Dude, that San Francisco defense is nasty now. Dude, it is, but we're two weeks removed from saying that it wasn't as good as it was supposed to be. 
I mean, dude, they were just they were playing bad. Yeah, they they were, and I I think they could and, get back into that to some degree. You know, those games were fun. the games were you know. Williams was out. McCaffrey was hurt. Debo was out. Um, the defense was on the field almost the whole game, you know? Yeah. So, I mean, I, I mean, think there fair. is some – I think those, what, two, two, three weeks yeah, should be taken with a grain of salt. I still think the Niners are the Niners. Um, I think so, too. I just think 11 and a half points is too much. I, I got Niners 27, 20. Like I still got them winning by a full touchdown, but I think they're, I think that spread should be more like seven and a half. Like I don't like the 11 and a half. I think that's too much. It's fine. I, I would take them winning by 10. Like well, at the very least. All right. Okay. Well, how about the rematch from the Aaron Rodgers Achilles game? We got jets at bills, bills, seven point favorites. Got the bills. I do too. There's no way Wills Mania, Wilson Magic comes back and does what he did week one. Yeah. No, I agree. I think I think the Bills will come out very motivated. Uh, I got the Bills 23-17. So I again I thread the needle because I'm picking the Bills, but I'm having the Jets cover. That's part of the danger of picking before you look at the spread. But also maybe that's part of the magic. But yeah, I think that'll be a pretty good game. I'm looking forward to seeing how that one goes because it's a must win for both teams. Maybe that's why you're 17 games ahead of 500 because, you know, you're not influenced by the spread at first. Yeah, absolutely. Because the spread is tricky. Like they're trying to bait you with the spread. So, so like all the other betters who bet on the spread, you know, they go and they look at the spread and then they're like, oh, oh my Denver, God. Well, the Niners bad. defense just gave up this. And yeah. You know, they just did this, so this is what we should go with. But, you know, you're just like, this is what the score is going to be. This is what I'm going to bet. Now I'll look at the spread. Yeah. Maybe that's why your record's so good. Maybe. Yeah, because the spread is meant, you know, they set it where it's meant to make them money, like at the end of yep. the day. And, you know, I'm, I'm usually pretty good about picking or guessing what the spread's going to be. So it's not like I'm going in totally blind or anything like that. But, uh, but that's I why it's all rigged. Anyways. <laughs> okay, Drake. Another another conversation for another day type of deal there. Yeah. Uh, how about another week one rematch? We got Seattle at the Rams. Seattle is a very slim one-point favorite on the road. Um, Is Carson Wentz going to play this week? <laughs> Honestly, I don't know. Like, I don't know what, what happened with that. It's like Carson Wentz got signed, and then it's just we've heard nothing about the Rams at all. Um. But I've I, I did pick Seattle. It says likely to start is Stafford. Stafford. Yep. So they signed Wentz for why? To be a backup. Okay. But um, oh, if Stafford's gonna start, then I'm I'll say the Rams. Okay, I like the flip flop. I'm also picking the Rams to sweep yeah. the Seahawks this year. I got Rams 23-20. That's my first upset, straight-up upset of the week. Yeah, I mean. We've been very I in agreement so far, which I do not like. <laughs> I know. Um, we have. We've we disagreed on, like, one. The only well, one we disagreed on was Pittsburgh-Cleveland. Pittsburgh. 
Yeah, but I mean, I did pick Seattle until you said that Stafford's playing. So, welcome to our side. All right, the Sunday night game, sneaky decent. Vikings at Broncos. Broncos. This is where we gotta disagree. Maybe. Three, two, one. Broncos. Vikings. Okay. (laughs) Yeah, I got Broncos twenty to seventeen. think this will be a defensive grinder game and again sneaky decent i like it got the vikings because josh dobbs is like qb1 he's qb1 now best quarterback in the league all right hype train i'm just kidding (laughs) okay kyle (laughs) all right now the true game of the week monday night super bowl rematch both coming off a bye Philly That's, at Kansas City. Kansas City, two-and-a-half-point favorites. I love how they did that, too, giving them both a bye before they play. That was very strategic, I'm sure. Oh, yeah. I love it, though, um, too. Is Taylor Swift going to be there? <laughs> I don't She's know. Gotta be. Dude, I don't care what – Travis Kelsey, that, that is real. When Taylor Swift is at the game, he's like a 100-yard – it's every time she's there, he gets like 120 yards or whatever. And then when he's not there, he gets like 60. Yeah, because he's sad. <laughs> um, but I've got Philly. So I imagine you think I picked the Chiefs. Is that what you think? <laughs> That's what you would have thought. You totally thought yeah. I would pick the Chiefs. And I did Probably. until earlier today. And I thought about oh. it and I'm like, you know what? Eagles want revenge. I took the Eagles 24 20. I think this will be a really good game. I'm expecting this to be living up to the game of the year type thing to where it feels like a Super Bowl. And I don't know. I just feel like the both defenses are going to be solid, but Chiefs offense is sputtering a little bit and I'm a little concerned about it. And I think this is a team that can control the clock, that being the Eagles, to where that Chiefs defense can't carry them through the game. I'm going to go Eagles. I mean, I when I thought about this, like when I, you know, whatever, when I look at the games or for the upcoming week or whatever, I wanted to pick the – like I in my head I was like, oh, Chiefs win. Then when I looked at the – Notes for today or whatever, and I seen. I was like, "There's no way. Like, the Eagles got to win this one. They got to, for all the reasons you said, honestly, and just because you know, I got to pick Jason Kelsey this time. Got to go with the O line. Yeah. But if Taylor yeah. Swift's there, I mean, you know, go go over on Travis Kelsey. Wow, Drake's betting advice of the week. You are one for one. So. One for one. Let's see. We might make that into a little like, you know, Drake's takes as far as like picks for like one over or one under per week. Cause you know, yeah. one for one. And let's see. I'm curious. Yeah. I mean, what's his line right now? Probably like I would guess 80.5. 80 and a half. That would be my guess. Let's see. It is 76 and a half. What I tell you, I'm the That's Vegas. Over. 
86 mm. and a half, that's over. I said 80 and a half. Okay, this is stupid. Prize picks has Travis Kelsey plus Jason Kelsey rush and reception touchdown combo. That is Jason dumb. Kelsey. <laughs> that would be sweet. Jason Kelsey tight end. He said, Hey, ref, my good. <laughs> or just um or it'd be like you bounce it outside. <laughs> wow. All right. <laughs> inside, inside joke, inside joke. Inside joke. Oh. Inside joke. What is he? Always oh, 75 and a half on sleeper. I like sleeper. Yep. No, I would definitely hammer the over on that one. I 100% agree with that. Yeah. I like sleeper. Last week I called Jalen Warren. Let's see if I call uh, Jason Kelsey. That's only if, you know, Taylor Swift's at the game, though. Yeah. No, that's a good caveat to have, though. She's not there. Take the under. (laughs) Fair enough. All right. Well, that's a wrap on episode 46. I'm ready to go watch this game. And I know Drake, it was nice for you to, to join us for the second half and carry us to the finish line. Good stuff on average Joe's. Oh yeah, definitely a good segment. Definitely got to bring it back. Um, wish I could have been here for the whole thing, but you know, it's like work, man. Just can't wait until one day I don't have to do it. One of these days. Mad talk. Yeah, one of these days. All right. Well, everyone else, thank you for joining in as always. And make sure to check us out more to see all of our content on YouTube, Spotify, and Instagram, all at Mad Talk Sports. And we will again be coming at you next week, most likely with a guest. Oh, spoiler. Oh, we'll find out next week. Next week. Peace. Peace.